Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue the Sexy Saturday series and talk about my crush on Amanda Seyfried. Now, if you've gone to the episode of my favorite Hollywood crushes, I think it's like episode five or six, I talk about Amanda Seyfried there. And I've always found her to have a very unique beauty. Seyfried is probably is probably not everybody's favorite. I know May doesn't find her that, that to be that attractive. She's not like a classic beauty height. She's relatively petite. I just think she has this Balicelli face. And ever since seeing her Mean Girls, but today we're really going to talk about early 2000s or early 2010 Seyfried, which I think is peak Seyfried. And unfortunately, typically with most women, peak whatever, fill in the blank, is typically in their 20s. But I think Seyfried looked her most beautiful in the early 20-teens. I would say that from her break in like HBO's Big Love, the Mormon show, and then certainly with Mean Girls. And it's funny to think like if you look at those four actresses, or if you include Tina Fey, but if you include Rachel McAdams and... Our girl Lindsay Lohan, who we have a previous episode on, and Seyfried, and Lacey Chabert, and Tim Meadows, and Tina Fey. You know, everybody's in that movie. Uh, would we be surprised if, like, the Oscar nominee and Emmy winner is Seyfried coming out of that movie? I think most people would because she's Karen. She's not a major role in that movie. But she's strikingly beautiful. She has that just... I like I like a like I said like a Botticelli face, just beautiful big eyes and great complexion and beautiful hair, and of course she parlayed that beauty into getting Mamma Mia. She does sing as we see in the Mamma Mia movies in La Miserable, and uh, that was a big break for her doing that movie with Meryl Streep. And then you enter Peak Seyfried, and Peak Seyfried to me is right after Mamma Mia. So you look at. I would say Jennifer's body because she kind of plays a nerdy girl there. But if you look at Chloe, Chloe's a weird movie. So Chloe is Liam Neeson and Julianne Moore. And she plays this like Lolita. And Julianne Moore hires her, her name's Chloe, to test the faithfulness of the husband. And then... It just has a, a weird ending if you ever want to watch the movie. But she looks beautiful in that. To me, though, peak Amanda Seyfried is Letters to Juliet, where she plays another Sophie. She plays Sophie twice, right? She plays Sophie. That's the movie that takes place in Verona, Italy. She's writing letters uh, back for people who write letters to Juliet. And then uh, Vanessa Redgrave's in that. And one of the, who I find to be a relatively annoying actor, even though he's from my country, Mexico. I think he's from Mexico. Maybe I'm wrong. But Gael Garcia Bernal, he's just, I don't think he's a good actor at all. If you look at the Itu Mama Tambien, between him and Diego Luna, I think Diego Luna is a better actor, even though Bernal got like the, the, the head start, so to speak, in that. 
But that movie, she's just gorgeous. She is just ethereally beautiful in that movie. The way they do her hair, her just being in Italy. And again, she's, this is 2011, 2010. So she is 25 years old in this movie. And she's just gorgeous. I could just watch this movie over and over just to look at her. She's beautiful in that. Around that time, she's finishing her rotation on Big Love. Uh, Big Love kind of got her a start, and then from 2006 to 2011, so during that time, she gets Mamma Mia. She does the Sparks movie, Dear John, which I don't think is that good of a movie. And, you know, Channing Tatum, I'll probably have a future episode on Channing, my, my takes on Channing Tatum. But, uh, yeah, she looks great in that movie. But, again, Letters to Juliet, great. R Red Riding Hood, yeah. Kind of weird movie. In Time is the one with Justin Timberlake where they live in this dystopian future and she wears that black wig, black-haired wig. Yeah. Uh, another movie where she, I think she looks gorgeous, maybe because I just like costume period movies, is Le Mis. I think she, as Cassette, I think she just is beautiful, right? There's a reason why she's cast in these movies. It's because she has a unique beauty. And I'm sure I'll do a future episode on Blake Lively, but she has a unique beauty that other blondes that kind of look like her don't have. Like Anya Taylor-Joy, who of course is younger than her by at least a decade, has more of that, I am a ice zombie Norse woman who's gonna suck out your soul. She has a very austere beauty, and they make her more feminine in the Queen's Gambit, for example, but as a whole, her face is just like, she's like a young kidman, just like kind of an aloof ice bitch. That's how she comes off, Anya Taylor-Joy. And in Seyfried, I don't think it comes off that way. She comes off kind of cherubic and just gorgeous. So I think she's great in that. Then she tries her artistic chops with Loveless. That's where she plays the porn star. Eh, not really big into that. Then she goes into this part, this, this kind of career, the next, I don't know, really the next eight years, where she's not really hitting it. She's not really hitting it. She's in ensemble movies like... Um, Oh, what's the one that I said? The Big Wedding. It's not that good. She does do, and we've talked about this while we're young. That's the Noah Baumbach movie where she's with, she's coupled with Adam Driver and Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts are like an older couple who find this young hip couple and they want to act like them and be more like them. She's in that movie. But again, not a commercial success in any way, shape, or form. That's more of an indie darling movie. But I think she does a good job on that. She's amazing in First Reformed. First Reformed is a movie with Ethan Hawke. We talked about it in the Ethan Hawke. I think is in the overrated, underrated actors uh, episode I did with May. That is by Paul Schrader, directed by Paul Schrader. It's a it's a episode. I'm sorry. It's a movie where Hawke plays a I think it's a Lutheran or Episcopalian priest, and Seyfried plays the wife of one of the congregants and it's it's a heavy movie let me just tell you that it's a very heavy movie i'm not going to spoil it great movie hawk is amazing in that movie and i wish he would have gotten an academy award uh, for that movie let's take a break i wanted to let you know about the other feeds that we have here at the eclectico gregorio channel we have the awakened man which has been around since the spring of 2017 which mostly focuses on having men and women reach their full potential by knowing about toxins in the food big pharma cover-ups and ways to biohack your life. 
We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which is a channel that originally started as an essential oils channel. And there's about 65 essential oils that are broken down over there. And then more recently, about two years ago, I just pivoted and made it more about female holistic health and naturopathic health because I'm a big proponent of let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And lastly, we have the Confessions of an Obese Child feed, which I started in January 2017, which chronicles what it's like to be an overweight child. I was an overweight child and I lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for 30 plus years. So it's a channel, like if you have disordered eating or had a dysfunctional childhood, how to deal with that, how to how to function with that, and also discusses and I interview various people that have a similar background of dysfunctional childhood, binge eating, binge drinking, and how to deal with that. And there's a lot of great interviews over there. So those are the three other feeds at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. Now let's get back to the show. Look, she's only 37 at this point, or right now she's 37. But in the late 2000 teens, she's not really getting the great roles. She's in Ted 2, playing the love interest, uh, replacing, uh, who's who's the love interest in the original one? I think it's Mila Kunis. I don't remember now. No, it's not Mila Kunis. Either way, she, she's in that, and she's not that memorable. But the good thing about Seyfried is, look, let me tell you, career-wise, things start picking up for her in the last few years. She does Mamma Mia again. The sequel, which she's fine in that. Then she does like The Art of Racing in the Rain with Mila Ventimila, which is, eh, she's not that good. But then things pick up for her. Like she does Mank. Like anytime, anytime you can get in a Fincher movie and you play a relatively big role in it, it's a good, it's a good score for you. So she gets an Academy Award nomination for Mank and she's beautiful in that she plays Marion Davies that's a black and white movie I didn't particularly like the movie it's not one of my favorite Fincher movies but I, I I give it kudos for trying and then of course she's most famous recently for being Elizabeth Holmes the Theranos fraudster fraudsterette in the the dropout TV show on Hulu and she wins a an Emmy for that so as she gets older she's becoming more of a legitimate actress where i think beforehand like we saw with cameron diaz like we see with a lot of these ingenue starlets they get these roles early on because they're beautiful and it's like well who cares if they can act they can hold the the screen and she could and then she's been working on her her work and uh, it's paying off so i think she still has a she still has a career i think she's going to do a relatively decent job i'm I'm not saying that she's going to be like you know nicole kidman but Again, she's a respectable actress. Now, in terms of her looks, because again, this is Sexy Saturday, I think she's gone down the role a little of like what we saw with later Angelina Jolie, later Julia Roberts, and that her face has gotten too gaunt. Now, she got married to a, an actor, Thomas Sadowski. And if I can do my math, I think maybe their first child was conceived before they got engaged and married. I could be wrong. But uh, he does TV. They met, I think, doing a play, if I'm not mistaken. And they've had two kids, and I just see like if you you see it in Mamma Mia, the sequel, where she did that movie right after she had one of her kids, and her face is already looking too gaunt, and and I don't like it when actresses lose too much weight. Of course, some of it's aging. She's not going to have the youthful skin that she at 22 that she does at 37. Uh, I just wish that she would maybe gain a little weight in her face, just gain like five pounds, maybe. You know, this is weird coming from Hollywood, but. Maybe just gain a little in the face uh, so she doesn't look as gaunt. But I still find her to be quite striking. And I am hard-pressed, and maybe May and I will have an episode of just the most beautiful women 
and see where wh who she thinks is more attractive. But I think if you just look at face, and not to say like Sanford doesn't have a great body. She early on, early in her her, her life, she had a more curvy body, and I think she did have breast reduction. But if you just look at pure face, she just has a gorgeous face, just a gorgeous face. And kudos to her and Sadowski because unlike some people who want to live in Hollywood all the time, she and Sadowski live in a ranch in upstate New York, a farm, I should say. They live in a farm in upstate New York. And if you look at their Instagram, there's just pictures of their cattle and, and so forth, their pets. And I respect that in her. Kind of like I talked about in the Michelle Williams episode. I respect people who don't get caught up in the fame and in, in the 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 babylon that is hollywood because i mean they're smart enough to realize that that can destroy you that can literally destroy you and so i love it when celebrities move to wyoming or montana or they just move to some rural area and then come in for work and so kudos to her and sadowski in terms of their marriage I don't know if it's going to last i'm kind of in the mid middle of that mid fence of that she was with her co-star from Mamma Mia, uh, the British actor who, or the website where you can catch all the Eclectico Gregorio episodes of the last six years. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rack. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.